Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for this day. Every day is the Lord's day, but on the first day when we come before the Lord, we're celebrating his resurrection. So we thank God. I'll be preaching from Colossians chapter 2 today. You may title this message, Walk with Christ. We have a walk with our Lord Christ Jesus. He is Lord of our lives. He is Savior and He is Lord. He's guiding us. Appreciate that song, Deacon McNeil. God wants us to respond to Him with yes. Yes, Lord. Obey His command. He says, if you love me, then you need to obey my commands. And sometimes we have so many issues going on in life. And we try to sort out those issues before we say yes. Just say yes in spite of those things. Say yes in the midst of the storm. God will take care. Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And we ask now for your filling, your power, your understanding. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 2. In this life, as we live for our Lord, as we say yes to him, as we ask for the Holy Spirit, for his power and his presence and his filling in our lives, and we do experience it, Scripture says if we on this earth as fathers, if we know how to give gifts when our children ask us how much more Father in heaven will give us his spirit. So God just wants us to ask of his Holy Spirit to work in us. He has already sealed us with his spirit. But while we are in this world, the enemy is coming against the church. And we have to discern those things. And the only way we can discern the enemy is when we understand what God says in his truth, in his word. Because the word of God exposes the strategies and the lies of Satan. So in Colossians chapter 2, it says, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Paul never really visited the church in Colossians, but he's in prison and he's writing this letter as the Holy Spirit is leading him. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding 
of the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This work of the Holy Spirit, God inside of us revealing Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. The Holy Spirit worked in our lives even before we got saved. The Holy Spirit did not seal us with his presence before we got saved. That happened after we put our faith in Jesus. But the Holy Spirit worked in our lives before we got saved. And he allowed us to hear the gospel. And he allowed us to understand it. And then to respond to it. We had that choice. We could choose to either say yes or say no. But we yielded to the Holy Spirit and we said yes. The enemy wants to keep us away from growing in grace. God, the Holy Spirit, continues to help us to understand the love of Christ. The more we understand how much Jesus loves us, is the more we will be in unity of love. Whenever there is an assembly where there are disputes and, and bad attitudes and divisions and so forth, that's because the assembly began to stray away from the scripture. That's because they begin to maybe focus on scripture by coming up with a list of rules and regulations. And as we go through this chapter, we'll see that there's a danger in that. All the scripture is to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not to impose on others some type of humanistic do's and don'ts. As the Holy Spirit reveals this mystery, which is the gospel message that God loves us, And he came in this world to be our savior. The more we understand how much Jesus loves us, is the more we will love each other. It says, both in the Father and in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. Oh, the wisdom of Jesus. When we come in his house and the Holy Spirit opens up the word of God in our hearts. And we begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. It is a mystery, and it can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. You see where their faith is? is in Jesus. And that's where our faith is at. Our faith is in Jesus. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Christ Jesus is our Lord. Christ Jesus is the head of this church. He's the head of his church universally, and he's the head of this local assembly. When we come into his church on a Sunday morning, we're coming in because Christ is the head of this assembly. And his spirit is in us, and he's revealing Jesus to us. That's why we exalt his name and we praise him. That's why we leave being filled with that understanding every Sunday and every time we come into his house. As you you have therefore received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. How did we receive Jesus? By faith. How should we walk in him? By faith. What led to that faith that we have in Jesus? We could not believe in Jesus if we did not hear the gospel. 
and we will not hear it if someone did not tell us or we read it in the scripture. There had to be some way in which we heard it. But we heard the good news. We heard that Jesus loves us. Each of us, we came to that place of understanding. I am a sinner in need of a savior and Jesus came and he paid the price for my sin problem. And it satisfied the Father. And we said, thank you, Jesus, for that. And we accepted Christ by faith. And that's how we have to grow spiritually, by faith. And that faith is going to come from the word of God. And the Holy Spirit helps us in the process. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith that you have been taught, abounding in it. Now, so far, in this structure here in the word of God, this being rooted, this being built up, this being established, the Holy Spirit is doing that. It's a, it's a sense that we are passive and God is doing this in our lives. And now he says, here's a part that we have to play. We have to give him thanks. God says, I want you to receive this blessing. It's in the passive voice. All of these things I am doing in you. I worked in you and you responded to the gospel and you came to Jesus. It was my grace inside of you doing this work. And now you are saved. The Holy Spirit is causing us to be rooted in Jesus, built up in Jesus, establishing our faith in Christ. That's what God is doing. And God says, well, now here is what you have to do to be active. I want you to give me thanks. God says, I want you to look back and see what I've done and thank me. And believers, if we want to have victory in this life over spiritual warfare and the attacks of the enemy, we have to have a heart of thanksgiving. If we're going to walk in Christ, we can only possibly do so when we have a heart of thanksgiving. God told his children, when I bring you out of the land, and I bring you out of captivity, and I take you into the promised land, when I take you out of that condition, and I put you into the, lead you into the promised land, I want you to remember what I did. I want you to teach your children so that you will give me thanks. The more we thank God for salvation, the more we thank him for what he has done, is the less the enemy will have room to work in our lives. Is the less he would lead us, have opportunity to cause us to complain. Is the more we'll be willing to say, Jesus, I want to live to tell others about you. The more we are thankful that Christ, thank you for saving me, is the more we will be sensitive to the Spirit saying, Dear God, use me, Father, to tell someone who is not saved that you are their Savior. That, this is what God is saying. Our life every day is a life of thanksgiving. When we come before the Lord in prayer, our prayer should be saturated with thanksgiving. Before we make our requests, we have to enter into his presence with the idea and the attitude of thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for life. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for sealing me with your spirit. Thank you, dear God. Now remember, the more we do that, what happens? The more we'll better understand and experience how to walk with Jesus. 
how to live experiencing Christ inside of us. The opposite of that will be finding fault, not being content, thinking that God owes us something, and we don't want that. That just leaves room for the enemy to work. The only thing that will do is develop pride and a bad attitude. On the opposite, the way we counter the enemy is, thank you, Jesus. Say, but I'm going through some storm, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you're with me. Thank you, God. God, if I'm not going out and telling others about you, something is wrong. I am not thanking you enough, Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always lead us to thank God. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. The devil will bring all type of things into God's church. This is not a condemnation against philosophy, but it's the idea there when people teach philosophy and man's idea to keep us away from Jesus. That's what the devil will do. does not want us to grow spiritually, to make us feel that that is what will bring growth in our lives. That is what will fill the emptiness. The emptiness in our souls can only be felt when with the knowledge of Jesus. Otherwise, we'll always be seeking and never being fulfilled or being content. And God says, don't let that happen. The world will always present something to, the, to God's children and say, this is better than what you can get in the church. The devil will always do that. Think this way. Dress this way. Let your ambition be guided by what the world is saying. How do we counter that? Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to fill me with your power and your presence. Allow me to be rooted and built up in Jesus. Allow me to be established in the faith. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. And then we come into God's house. We come into every opportunity that God gave us to come into church and to hear the word of God. Every Bible study, every prayer time, so that God can keep us rooted and grounded and established in him. So then we can give him thanks. And that's how we are victorious in Christ. That's how we continue to walk with our Lord Christ Jesus. That's the only possible way that the world does not sneak in in our minds and cause us to be distracted with worldly thoughts and worldly concepts, which to the soul can be so attractive, it can be so appealing in the flesh, for in Christ dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Holy Spirit, when he reveals Jesus, he is revealing God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For the Bible says Christ is the very image of God. And as we grow to understand Jesus, we'll understand the Father. Christ reveals the Father to us. And you are complete in him. Child of God, we have to be complete in Jesus. You know that sense of emptiness we have in our lives? What is life all about? Always seeking for happiness always looking for something. The world will always give us something 
The world will present two things to us. The world will say, you, have an, an, you, you are empty in some area in your soul. And then the world will say, here's the answer. Outside of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will say, you are filled with my presence. And now you have to experience, continue to grow in Jesus. It's Jesus and Jesus only. We have to safeguard that mind. So we are complete in him. Anytime we feel that we are not complete in him, that's spiritual warfare. What's the solution? Get back in the word of God. Come into God's house. Assembly together. Hear the word of God so that the Holy Spirit will keep us. Verses 6 and 7, he will keep us rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. So then we will respond, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And then we stay within that mindset and that understanding that I am complete in Jesus. Since we are complete in Jesus, there is nothing in this world that is attractive to us anymore. The world will begin to look. Its, its true colors will show up, which is the only thing the world can take us down is a path of misery and pain and suffering. There is nothing that this world can give to the child of God. God has set us free from this world, this worldly concept, from that realm of demonic activity out there. We are in Christ. And Christ is the head of all principalities and powers. When Jesus died on the cross, he destroyed the work of the devil. He won victory over that demonic realm. You say, well, now, wait a minute. If that is so, how come the child of God is still struggling? That is because the child of God, just like salvation, we have to open our hearts to the truth. That's our responsibility to hear the word of God. God is not going to force salvation upon anyone and is not going to force spirituality upon anyone. We still have to come to him. God did not... He did not take back the freedom he gave us. He gave Adam that freedom while Adam was perfect. And God, still, he allows us to have that freedom. We can grieve the Holy Spirit or we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, stay in the word of God and allow him to have his own way in our lives. So thank God, saints. Be aware of this world. Be aware of what the enemy can bring to us and is bringing to us to distract us, to distract the church. Be aware when the enemy brings in our souls a concept that says who I am is being named by the world. The world, I'm allowing the world to name me by desiring things of the world, ideas and thoughts of the world. That's what the enemy is bringing to us. But instead, remember, we are rooted in Jesus. Jesus is Lord. He is indeed Lord of our lives. We're going to stop right there at verses 10 today. And next week, we'll let the Lord lead us from beyond that. Because I want you to take time to ponder this, to pray it through, and to thank God for what he has done. Christ is a source of our riches. Christ Jesus, who is our Savior. 
Worldly philosophy will never conform to Jesus. It is opposed to Jesus. But God gives us the wisdom to discern. And it, it, is, it will always come against the church, resisting the gospel, leading God's children to live a life not fully to Jesus. But we are complete in him. And we thank God for that. We thank Christ Jesus because he has given us his Holy Spirit. I thank God that he has kept this church as a Bible church, keeping us in his word. Only the word of God and knowledge of Jesus will set us free from the enemy. Now remember that battlefield is in the mind. The mind is where the battlefield is at. And the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, praise God. He's doing this amazing work in our mind. He's bringing into captivity every thought so that we can obey Jesus. But we have a responsibility, don't we? What's our responsibility? Just like salvation, we have to have a responsibility to hear it, the gospel message. And then we have to have the responsibility to respond to it. So as God's children, God's church, plain and simple, we have to have the responsibility to hear it. And then we have to have the responsibility to respond to it. On Wednesday morning, I'm meeting with Chu, an elderly child of God and a young man, and I'm discipling them over the next 13 weeks. I'm meeting with them for a few Wednesdays. Now, why, you say, Pastor McEwen, why do that? Very simple, because Jesus told me to do it. Not my idea. But I did tell them the first week, met with them, and I said, this week when I meet with you, this is where we will just go over some of what will happen, what we anticipate for the next 13 weeks. This is your orientation week. One of the things I said with them, the devil does not want you to go through these 13 weeks. And he will bring all type of warfare in your mind. But you have to choose. As you choose to respond to the gospel, you have to choose to resist the enemy and come by obedience and hear the word of God. Last week I taught them for an hour and a half, almost two hours, just on prayer. And then I said to them from the, very, from the first week of orientation, this is discipleship. I'll be asking you to come with me and go with me. So you'll see the power of the Holy Ghost. It will not just be an academic exercise. It's Jesus inside of you. He will change your life. And while that is happening, I'm also discipling someone to be a disciple maker. I said to them, you can anticipate at the end of this 13 weeks, as you continue to grow in grace and understand what the word of God says, what will happen over, the, over a period of time? God will use you then to take the same program and teach others. Because this is what God has. The church is not just floating around, not sure where we're going, you know, not here, there. No, the church is rooted and grounded in Jesus. We are grounded. No man should say, I'm called to be a pastor, but I'm not sure. 
guarantee God will never place anyone to be ahead of the head of his local church if that person is a novice. God made that very clear in his word. He will never put a novice in a leadership position. He will get you to the place of being mature. We are rooted, church, and we are grounded in Jesus. That's how we are victorious. Christ is the head of this church. We have no room for worldly philosophies. We have no room for fashions and styles and identity. None of that matters to us. What matters is Jesus. We are living not for some identity. Whether it's social identity, political identity, the only identity we know is Jesus. Christ in us, King of glory. When we give thanks, we're not thanking the world for the wealth we have. Neither are we thanking God for anything from the world. We're thanking God for Jesus. Scripture says here, when we're giving him thanksgiving, we're thanking him, Jesus, thank you. You are my head. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Life makes sense to me. Only when Jesus, I get up every day and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Then and only then, life makes sense to me. So we praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we live for a glorious purpose to tell others that Jesus is your Savior. All of us are living for that purpose. All of us. The Holy Ghost is in all of us. And he wants the world, Jesus wants. Christ's mission is to save soul, and that has not ceased. Still, he's on his mission, saving souls. Bible says it is God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to this saving grace. People will perish only because the devil is attacking God's humanity and he's attacking God's church. But we as God's people, when you make a choice to be here in God's church, not just coming to church because we're coming to church. We're coming to church because we're saying yes to our Lord Jesus. And the devil hates it when we say yes to Jesus. Every time we say yes to him, we are honoring him. We are simply honoring his lordship. It's not complicated. It's either Jesus is Lord of all lives, Lord of all, or Lord of or, or none. There is no half and half. He is our Lord, and that's our truth. We stand on Jesus only. In case if you have loved ones, you have children, grandchildren, brother, sister, sibling, husband, wife, who is not in church, don't pray for them according to your will. We pray for them according to God's will. Only God can tear down that stronghold in their life. Only the Holy Ghost can do that. Stop fighting them. Stop being the Holy Spirit as though we have some power to do something. 
Only God can bring them back. Only God can get them rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. Only God can change their heart, can make that world that is attractive. Only God can remove that attraction in their souls. Instead, we intercede for them. We stand in the gap of Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. And watch and see what God will do. And then we make ourselves available. Now listen to this. We have to make ourselves available so that when God says speak, we are ready to speak. Make no mistake now. We can't say I'm praying for someone and we're not serving Jesus. Because they'll look at us and say, well, you're telling me to do something, but what you're telling me to do, you don't, you're not doing it. Where is your love for Jesus? But when we give God thanks and we open our hearts and we come into his church and allow his spirit to keep us rooted and grounded and established in Jesus, and we give him thanks, and we go out and we tell others about Jesus, we do it. That bears testimony in their souls. The Holy Ghost will use that to be a testimony. That this walking with Jesus is real. It's not some fake something. It's not some conscious, conscience experience. It is real. Christ in me, King of glory. For those who are listening, truth is that Jesus loves you. That's a gospel message. You're hearing at my voice this glorious gospel message. What is this message? Jesus loves you. Christ loves you. He loves you. He came and he went to the cross. Because we all have a sin problem. And that sin problem has separated us from God. The consequence of that sin is eternal condemnation. Hellfire. But Jesus satisfied the judgment of the Father when he died on the cross. He paid the price for our sin problem. And he is saying to you at this very moment, come to him. And by faith, accept him as your Savior. So I encourage you. Thank you for listening. That's the work of God. Now come to Jesus and receive him by faith. Thank you, Father. God, I pray for those who are listening at this moment. Lord Jesus, touch their hearts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At this moment, O Holy Spirit, lead them by faith to accept you, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior. Thank you. Thank you. And for we who are here today, God wants us to experience a life of giving him thanks. Oh, we can thank God for the blessings he has given us, and surely we should. We should thank him for providing our food, and our houses, our house to rest and the warmth during the winter. We thank God for those things. 
But most important, more important than that, is thank you, Jesus, that when I die, I will be in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that I am being rooted in you and grounded in you and establishing you, O Holy Spirit. And God, thank you for your word, your living word. Thank you, Jesus, that you are Lord of my life. You are Lord of my life, Lord Jesus. I am not Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you are Lord of my life. You are the author and the perfecter, the finisher of my faith. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. amen. Oh, we praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for his word.